imposter syndrome. Just want to have a chat about this um, because it's something that seems to be afflicting, affecting, uh, impacting a lot of today's veterinarians. Um, and so the first thing is, um, I guess the first question is, are you feeling, how does it make you feel? Do you feel like a failure? Um, and, and, and does that feeling inevitably lead to feeling like you're an imposter? Um, maybe you're at university, maybe you're a student right now and you're at university and you are struggling with something you're going through, as I did when I was at university, I spent about four out of the five years that I trained to be a veterinarian in the UK, we do five year degrees. Um, four of those five spent it pretty much feeling like a fish out of water, like I didn't really belong. So maybe that's you if you're at university. Maybe you're fresh in your new job. Maybe you are, uh, maybe you graduated, um, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere, you guys come out and you graduate, you know, around about this time of year. Maybe you're in your job early in your career and you're just setting out and you've hit your first roadblocks, you've hit your first problems, your first challenges. Maybe it's a client that, you know, the conversation didn't go as you would have loved it to go. Perhaps it's a, perhaps it's a colleague you've had t difficult relationships with. Um, perhaps it's perhaps it's something else. There's something going on that's messing with you and, and messing with your almost your sense of self. You're feeling like you know you, you had the excitement of graduating as a veterinarian, and now now what's happening is ah, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe because it's gotten hard, and 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 you know what? Probably what you've experienced, either in a very small way or a very big way, perhaps. I hope not, but it, it does happen. Maybe you've set out and you've had your first failure. Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? Your first failure. Um, so that is that could, and if that if you're feeling like that, that doesn't feel good, does it? Okay. Um, but a very wise person once told me, a very, very wise person told me, failure. Like, okay, so we, we get we get wrapped up in this and and the better way of thinking about failure isn't that it's the end. The better way of thinking about it is that it's the start of something. Okay, I can see my good friend Bill Schroeder on this call. Bill, ping something about failure in your life and how you've turned things around, brother. Um, so if you want to, if you're feeling like that, and you don't have to be a new graduate, by the way, you don't have to be at, at university. This applies to you if you are doing anything new for the first time. Okay, I'll give you an example. So I, uh, you know, after a number of years of doing um, new trings, like so bitch bays and things like that the regular way, you can do that with your eyes shut, right? It's, it's not hard anymore. Um, but then I decided I'm going to learn keyhole surgery, right? And you better, you better believe there's a pretty steep learning curve with keyhole surgery. So I'm like 15 or 14 years into my career, and here I am, a complete beginner again at a new skill set. And instantly, all of those feelings of, oh, am I good enough? You know, how do I cope with this? Like, what's going on? Um, they all come back. So anytime you do something new, um, you're going to experience that sense of oh, doubt, misgivings, that kind of thing. Okay. Now, what, what I would like you to think about is what instead you'd like to be feeling like. Okay. You know, I know what I would like you to feel like. I, I, you know, it makes me sad that a lot of people are struggling with veterinary medicine right now. So what I would like you to feel like is, is that you're excited to show up to work. Not that you're beaten. Not that you're, this is too hard. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, there's no joy in this for me. I, I want you to feel excited, energized. Um, 
I want you to move into a zone which is a really sweet spot and that is growing um, where it's okay to fail and you see that as part of the process. Imagine, I mean, imagine the feeling like whatever it is that, that is causing that sense and it is just a feeling by the way, right? The feeling of being an imposter. Now remember feelings are not facts. What is it in your mind? Crystallize this thought for you, yourself just now because it can be different for everybody. But what is it that's making you feel like that? And actually that's a, a, I choose my words carefully because guess who's making you feel like that? You're making you feel like that. Nothing external is making you feel like that. Something external is happening, sure, but you're generating the feeling inside. So that's interesting, right? And this is this sort of segues into really the reasons that you end up feeling like a failure. So there's a little backstory here. And, and, and we kind of all have this backstory in veterinary medicine. And the backstory is we're pretty smart, right? Maybe too smart. Um, so we're always kind of excelling. Like we're always being good. We're always uh, winning in some way, shape, or form, usually academically, right? But for a lot of you, in many other ways, we went to probably, a lot of us went to more privileged schools. Um, you know, I went to a state school but it was a good state school. So guess what? We had a good sports team, so we won. Um, I had good teachers. I was in top sets, just like you were. So guess what? You won and you kept winning. And, and, and that was, it was still stressful, right? It was, I'm not saying it wasn't stressful, but you kind of got through it. So that's the backdrop of seeming to have success. Lots of small, sometimes big when things like exam results come through, but success. Now, all wrapped up in a supportive, usually, family environment where we are protected, insulated from the negative effects of failure. You know, um, and a lot of us, if you come from wealthier backgrounds, as most people in veterinary medicine do, um, compared to, I'm not saying you're rich, but I'm saying, compared to most of the world's population, we had it good, right? So we're, we're in a sort of bubble, if you like, where things are relatively good. Hardships, real, real hardships, um, don't show up in quite the same way as they do other things, other areas, because our families, you know, want to protect us. As a natural, you know, I'm a father, I want to protect my daughter quite instinctively from things that would cause her upset, right? So this is kind of some of the backdrop and then, of course, also going through a very structured education system, like, you know, the hard part's getting in vet school. <laughs> like, once you get in vet school, it's actually just a matter of doing the work to get out the other side. Your examiners want you to pass. You know, when you come to doing your finals, like, they want you to pass. And you're going to get, even if, you, even if you stuff up a year, who cares? Like, for some of us, that's the best thing. Like, one of my first and earliest failures that was devastating at the time was my driving test. You know, I failed my driving test the first time. Good thing, because I would have been super dangerous if I had passed that damn thing. Somebody basically gave me a weaponized vehicle, right? Because I failed it, I had to go back and practice and get better. Um, so it made me a better driver. Okay, so, but, but we don't really experience a whole lot of failure. And even if we do, it's recoverable failure. So that's the backdrop of what happens pre-career. Pre um, and then we get into our career, okay? And when we get into our career, <laughs> the safety net goes away, doesn't it? So now, instead of having, no, 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 shit's real, right? And if you screw up, 
something dies, okay, or, or something bad, it gets injured, or it's going to have prolonged pain or infection or some suffering of some kind rather, okay? And so you've got that backdrop of having had a big old safety net, so failure is not a regular or a, an occurrence that we process terribly well. Um, that's gone through our school, into our vet school life, and then we hit real life where that doesn't doesn't happen. So we hit failure. And then the really dangerous thing happens. We hit failure and we generate this feeling, okay, this feeling of being bad or not good enough or an imposter. And it doesn't start out as syndrome, by the way. There's, there, I, I don't believe anybody starts out having imposter syndrome. And I think we genuinely have to be super careful. Like, I would like to crush that terminology right now. Okay. Now, if you get into a negative loop of trash talking yourself, then yeah, I can believe that becomes something quite crippling and then maybe you can call it syndrome. But for most of us, that's not what we're experiencing. What we're experiencing is the start of the hill of learning, right? So, but instead of recognizing it for what it is, we see it for an impenetrable, impossible barrier we can't get through. Bam, something screws up, we fail, we trash talk ourselves, and now, now we're like, hey, I'm an imposter. I'm not good enough. And I start labeling it and then I start storytelling. Okay. And that is where people are getting stuck. It's in that story. Now, the other problem that you've got, or many of us have, is that we're not taking mentoring seriously. And when I say we, I mean you. Okay. I mean the profession. Okay, I, I take mentoring super seriously. Like I am, I am 20 years into my career. I've been, uh, you know, running veterinary businesses for the last decade. Um, I speak all over the world. You better believe I have a coach and a mentor that I pay highly for that privilege because I feel like I'm never done learning, right? And, and when you see people like me or um, anybody in the field, maybe it's a specialist in surgery or somebody like that, who looks like they've got it all covered, let me absolutely promise you, they don't have it all covered. They're, and if they're growing, if they're trying new stuff out, like I remember one of my bosses who I just looked up to, like he was a hero, and he, he'd started his journey into doing TPLOs. <laughs> you better believe he went back to, you know, he, he like he, he definitely had some pity parties and, and fear school and started feeling like a bit of an imposter. But the difference between him and perhaps me and you, um, if you're struggling, is that people who succeed have learned that actually this is just the start of the journey, okay? And, and, and this is all about your mindset, okay? But this is where mentors are so important because a mentor knows this. You might not know it, but a mentor knows it. And so a mentor can show up in your life and go, hey, you failed. Okay, let's talk about that. What happened? and change it from being something that you turn internally judgmental in yourself into something that becomes a positive dissection of fact, where you just toss out the storytelling and you just deal in the fact. And if you deal in the fact, then you can start to go, okay, well, I did this and then that happened and it wasn't an ideal outcome. All right, so what might we do next time? So is that when you do that, you get it's a different outcome. How do you work with that? And that conversation can only happen. That conversation can only happen if you're willing to do something that's a bit counterintuitive. Okay. And that counterintuitive thing is where you say, okay, I, I feel like crap. Something's happened to you. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. I'm not sure. You know, you recognize and you tune into to the, to the bullshit FM that's playing in your head. And you say, I just, 
is this true? Is this not? So, so, so the counterintuitive thing is you have to be able to switch that radio off or, or change the station. And instead of saying, okay, I'm going to listen to that story, you choose a different story. And that different story should be, okay, something went wrong. Um, but instead of labeling that as bad, as, as me being an imposter, I'm going to label that as a first attempt in learning. That's what fail really is. First attempt in learning. And, and I say this often, you know, the, the pathway, the journey to awesome starts with the first footstep of being awful every single time. Okay, every single time, right? And I can give you any example, any example from any aspect of my life, whether it is picking up a guitar, a beautiful guitar behind me. I'm not great at guitar, but you want to believe when I first picked that thing up, my parents wanted to beat me over the head with it, right? Um, to do my first spay, or I dropped a pedicle and made things bleed, to having a first bad conversation with a client, to getting excited and not being able to rein my emotions in and saying the wrong thing at the wrong moment, to learning how to speak publicly and making an idiot of myself. I still generally do that on a fairly regular occasion. Um, but all of these things started out with being pretty bad at something to start with. Now, if you, if you label badly and you, you call it the imposter, you never move past that point. So what you have to do is catch yourself in that moment. It's okay to, to have that thought, by the way. I'm not saying it's bad. You should, you know, this isn't about beating yourself up for thinking you're an imposter. What I'm saying is that is a normal part of the growth and learning curve. Okay, if you're feeling like that, the counterintuitive thing I want you to do is high five yourself and go, man, I feel like an imposter at this thing today. <clears throat> yes, because when you feel like that, you know you're starting to push out of the comfort zone. Okay, and remember there are three zones of learning. Comfort, where you're not learning. Everything's nice and sweet and easy. Stretch, where you're learning and you're feeling, you know, you're, you're challenged, but you're you're you're, you're stretching your capacity, you need help, but you're growing. And then there's the, the third area and that's panicking. And that's where you do not want to get to because panicking is where you're, everything's out of control. You might have a success, you might have a failure, but you're probably not gonna work out how. Okay, and, and the way that there are certain things you need to do. So, so I think the most important step is recognizing when you feel like that, that that is actually a win and not mislabeling it as something bad. You're not broken, you're not having a syndrome, you're just having a moment of growth opportunity and it's your choice in that. So part two is then you have a decision to make. Okay, if you recognize the moment, great, make a decision. What 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 station are you gonna tune into? Tristalk FM, are you stuck or awesome? I'm on, I'm on learning FM, okay? I'm on growth FM, let's go there, okay? And then that doesn't immediately make everything better, of course, it's not that easy. But then the, the mentor step comes in um, where you say, okay, how do I get better? How do I push past this moment so that I get a little further along, okay? We actually, we use this and, and you know, if you've ever played a computer game, it's the same thing, it's game theory. It's built to be not so easy because, you know, if you play a game, a computer game and, and all this, you know, and, and you play it on cheat mode and you can't die, it's pretty boring. Right? You're basically looking at a, a painting that moves at that point. It's boring. There's no challenge. If you play it on super hard, you get like blown up the instant you like materialize in whatever you're doing in the game. 
or the puzzle's too hard, so you give up because it's too hard. Game theory understands this, and so they build games that are challenging. So you will fail because that's the challenge. That is growth is hardwired. It's built into the human condition. So you've got to harness that, okay? And right now, by giving it a convenient name like imposter syndrome, what we're doing is we're saying, oh, it's okay for us to fall off the horse and, and fail and, and give up, and I'll try something else. But what I'm telling you is you're robbing yourself of an incredible amount of opportunity and joy, and not just in this career, but in any career that you were to choose after that point, okay? This veterinary medicine is a fun place to play. The stakes are high. That is completely true. Um, the challenges are often, um, the challenges would be enough if it was just the four-legged or the furry or the feathered or the, or the whatever things we had to deal with. Like that would be hard enough, right? But there's other challenges. You have to work with people. You have to work with clients. You have to work with team members. Um, and, and you have to learn to balance all of that. So I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. But you are extremely talented, extremely clever. Um, and and you're up for challenges you know you wouldn't be on this call you wouldn't be in very medicine if you weren't understand so what you just need to be aware of is it's almost like your thought process it's like an immune system that's overcharged and it's going after the wrong thing you know in the same way that a dog that has uh, like a hemolytic anemia that animal has a, an immune system that's it's it's functioning it's just pointing at the wrong thing right and, and your mind is a Ferrari, friends. Like, you have good minds, but your, your minds have been tuned into something unhelpful. Um, and it's a fear-driven thing, okay? And what, what you have to do to move from one to the other is recognize that you're in that spot. Tune into something better and find a mentor. Take mentoring seriously because when you have somebody gives you that hand up, you know, when you fall off a horse, like somebody to pick you up who's done it a million times before and help you dust yourself off and go, here's some feedback. Maybe try it this way this time. That is how you start breaking through. And that's how you start on that growth curve, you start leveling up. And when you level up, whether it's communicating with clients, whether it's managing your emotional intelligence to work better with your teammate, teammates, whether it's working out how to me medically manage cases or build up your surgical skill set or build up your dental um, competencies, any of those things, when you start leveling up, everything starts to get better. You, you, you get a virtuous cycle starting to happen. And that, friends, that is when veterinary medicine or any job starts to get fun, okay? And, and for me, the journey should be fun as well. Like, don't focus on that destination of it has to be awesome all the time because the journey's never like that. I, I heard a, a smart person once say, never wish for a calm ocean uh, or a, a smooth stream. That would be real boring. Wish for a boat that can traverse the ocean regardless of the weather conditions or can deal with the rapids when you go down them because whitewater rapids are fun. If you're in a raft with competent people and a, and a paddle, then that's a lot of fun. If you're bobbing down them with nothing, then you're going to get hurt, okay? So folks, that's that's the message for today. Um, step out your comfort zone. You're not you're not imposters. You just need to stretch, okay? And with that with that happy thought, I I will leave you uh, and invite you. Um, if you're interested, if you like these, please give me some feedback. Give me some messages in the comments. That would be kind of cool. Um, 
whether that you're doing this live or whether you're seeing this in a recorded version, um, then thank you for tuning in. Um, please share this. If you like to please share it with somebody you think might benefit from the message, somebody who's struggling with that, that pressure of feeling like the imposter. Um, and, and if you're liking this, then please, I've recorded a little webinar that you might be interested in. It's uh, called Four Steps to a Happy and Successful Career as a Veterinarian. It's completely free. Um, it's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and I go through I go through some cool stuff, um, like basically the top three things that are messing with vets' brains. And if you can decode that and, and work out how to do something differently, how it's completely transformational for your career. So we cover that uh, in a little framework I found to be very, very useful in, in building my career. Okay, folks, so um, thank you so much for, for tuning in. I really appreciate you. Um, I hope that you're having a great day. And if you're not, I hope you've gotten a tool out of this little session um, during your lunch hour um, or, or, or during your, your morning break that you can find some value in um, and put to work for you. All right, folks, leave me comments. Did you enjoy that? And, um, and would you like to see more? Um, so until next time, um, be safe, be well, be happy. And don't forget, we've got a whole group, the Sawyer Event Now What Facebook group. Jump in there. We've got a ton more content like this. All right. Peace out, folks. Um, see you next time. Signing off. Have a great day. If you would like your question answered, then the way to go about doing that is to record your own little video clip that you don't mind us using, because um, we will make you famous as well. But send in your video question, or you can send in on Instagram, or Twitter, or email it, or DM it, whatever. Send your question in. It's got to be about veterinary business, veterinary life, your career, what's going on with you. But ask a question that you think I can add some value back for you. And I would love to give you an answer on this show. And if you do send it in and we use your question, you'll receive a signed copy of So You're a Vet and I Want. And my eternal gratitude and some notoriety by being on the show. So don't be shy. Step up and send in your questions. Thanks for listening or watching. Uh, be safe, be well, be happy. Dr. Dave, out.